Hey, how's it going tonight? What can I get for you? Uh, what would you recommend for a drink? Uh, let's see, what kind of drinks do you normally get? I usually like things on the sweeter side or anything that packs a punch like a kamikaze or a Long Island iced tea. Ooh, uh, yeah, we don't use those hateful names here. Uh, those drinks, uh, corrected names, are actually, it's called a Japanese fighter pilot and a vertically aggressive iced tea. Uh, now, we do have both of those available. Uh, or if you want something different, I can tell you that our fornicate and sand is delicious. If not, you can try our Mr. or Mrs. John Collins. It's potentially a trans drink. Huh, uh, why don't you surprise me? All right, let's get that going here. Grab that. Okay. There you go. Try that one. Oh, wow. What do you call that one? Oh, that? That's our signature drink. The Slant-Eyed Monster Tard Wife Beater. Parental discretion is advised. Buzz, the Podfather, Adam Curry. You're listening to Two Jays in a Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 65 of Two Jays in a Pod. I'm Justice, and as always, I'm joined by John, the other Jay in the Pod. John, how's it going? Oh, not bad. Kind of recovering from my vacay. A little bit uh, under the weather the past couple days, but yeah, overall, not bad. Traveling does that to you. Yeah, two J's in a pod, the only place where gas is higher than our listeners. <laughs> so here, gas is up to five bucks a gallon in Maine. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm glad my bicycle doesn't require gas. <laughs> I would consider it if I didn't live 40 miles from work. Yeah. So obviously, though, the big topic, John did go on vacation, very well-deserved vacation. He hasn't taken one in forever. It's time for John's rundown on vacation. So let's talk about it, John. So we talked previously, I believe, maybe not on the show. So I know you went to New Orleans. Yep, yep. I uh, went to New Orleans and, sorry, had to move something. Um, I went to New Orleans. My plan was that my ship didn't leave till Monday, so I was going to go down, fly down Saturday, um, get into my hotel, and then spend uh, Sunday and the first half of Monday um perusing new orleans and, and and you know experiencing that region of the country because i've always wanted to easy the big easy which was also and, my nickname in high school uh no you were easily big oh yeah well, that, okay accurate and uh and so i had all these plans for new orleans p.s when if you're going on a vacation to a place you've always wanted to visit don't make plans <laughs> they will get ruined well, what so happened? i was gonna get well, I was going to, my plan was, it, the sole idea was I was going to take a trip and go see the French Quarter. Okay. Which was just the next quarter over. My hotel was in the warehouse district. Did you take and a trip over to the French Quarter? I did not because Uber was going to be $55 just to get me there. Um, How far away was it? Uh, three to five miles. Why so expensive? Because gas. <laughs> I think Ooh. we just covered that. Wow. Um, but so I wasn't going to walk to the French Quarter. So I'm like, okay. But my other goal was I wanted to experience some uh, Louisiana cuisine, you know, Creole, gumbo, fried alligator, you know, po' boys. I want, you know, I had all these different things I wanted to try. Now, obviously, you, you know me, I don't eat a whole lot. But I got, I got down there Saturday and I'm like, uh, 
it was like by the time I got to my hotel and got checked in and everything, it was like six o'clock. So I'm like, okay, I'll find something right by close and and get that for supper. So I went around the corner and there was Gus's fried chicken, and it, it, the a two piece meal comes with beans, coleslaw, a slice of white bread, and which nice. I, I was I, I'm like you can't get that anywhere, people. You gotta understand. <laughs> I'm like a slice of white bread is why is that there? But I digress. I was in the South, someone else's culture, whatever. Um, and some seasoned fries. So I, uh, I was sitting there and, you know, foolish tourist me, I sit down in a booth that, you know, could easily sit a family of six and, uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm eating and in behind me, the, the path, the path to get into the dining area, you know, there was like a half wall behind me. And so everybody that came in, you know, walked behind you. And I saw this group of 12 to 15 people all walk in at once. And this place wasn't that crowded. There was probably about eight people in there. And so I see them talking and they start cleaning and setting up the area next to me, um, you know, and pushing tables together and whatnot. And I'm looking, sitting here, I'm like, oh, I'm that asshole. So I, uh, I look at the waitress and I'm like, listen, you can have this spot. I'll just take my stuff. There was a two seated, two seater table a little, a little ways away. And I'm like, I'll just take my stuff over there and they can have this table. And the woman that was leading the party, she's like, no, no, you don't have to do that. That's okay. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to sit here and take up six spots when you clearly have a uh, party for you know that can use a space so I move my stuff and and the waitress helps me move my my stuff over to that table and then the woman told the waitress to put my meal on her tab so I was like okay I wasn't expecting that um so it, it was and the chicken was great the the seasoning was great on the on the chicken and so that was a good meal um and then I left and I went back to my hotel and I went to bed. I got up in the morning and I'm like, okay, let's just wander around because, um, as you know, I'm a smoker. I went stepped outside. I had a smoke. At this point, I was walking around the block um, having my smokes. And I got to tell you, the one thing that I noticed about New Orleans that is vastly different than up here or at least to someone that has lived here my whole life is even the run-down areas of the warehouse district felt like they, there were stories to be told. It felt like there was a history that that even if it, even though it looks like trash, it feels like it has character. Like there was a place where cement had been busted up, and you could see the old brick stone walkways underneath. Um, so so that was pleasant whereas it, for me at least like i said having lived here my entire life up here run down is just run down you know um so i was walking around and i would have my phone and i was looking for places to go and there was a place nearby called corporation grill and they had po boys and they had jambalaya and so i'm like okay i'll go swing over there for lunch I went over. They were closed. I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe on Sunday they don't open till later because Google said they were open on Sundays. So I'm like, okay. So I walked around, and there was a pizza place that I walked by. I'm like, I can get pizza anywhere. Um, 
and then there was another cafe and they were they had a line around the building i so obviously i didn't bother and then i walked back and towards corporation still closed and someone a, a person nearby that was working in a parking garage i asked him you know are they just not open sunday he, and he said yeah no ever since covid they they closed on sundays i'm like oh great so i started looking for someplace else for lunch and I tried three or four different spots within a mile walking distance and nothing. Everything was closed. Wow. Every goddamn restaurant was closed. I didn't even have lunch. It was four o'clock by the time I wrapped up. Only thing that was open that wasn't, you know, that wasn't like a fast food or whatnot was Gus's fried chicken. So Sunday for supper, I had Gus's fried chicken again. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was it as good the second time? It was. It was just as good. And the waitresses remembered me and came, you know, and were super sweet, came down and, and kept checking on me, see if I needed anything. And they were, they were, they were, I will give that to their wait staff. They, they were super nice. Well, there you go. And so the ultimate end goal was for you to go on a cruise, right? Yeah. So Monday was the, uh, when the cruise, I, I had to be at the dock at, 12 well i had to be at the dock at 12 30 and my room i had to be checked out of my room at 11 by 11 so at 10 30 in the morning i clean up my clean up my room and get myself ready and whatnot and i'm like okay so i'm gonna have two hours to to wander around maybe i'll find a po boy maybe i'll find you know a, a lunch you know one of these places will be open i can go get at least something um it was Memorial Day, so no, nothing was open. <laughs> uh, so I the holiday I weekend up, traveling is amazing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I got to I got down to where the Riverwalk is, which is what um, it sits right in front of the port where you get onto the different boats. Oh, I know and the just, end of the story. So you blew a guy for a sandwich. No, no, no. Oh, you blew him for free, but he gave you a sandwich. No. He told me he had a sandwich and called you a po boy, and then said, "If you blow me, I'll give it to you." And then he's like, "I ain't got no fucking sandwich," and walked off. It was it was depressing, um, unacceptable. But uh, so the Riverwalk is kind of like a, a outlet shopping mall, um, but it go there, there's a uh, like a open open air walkway that you go over to get to the boats and uh but you couldn't arrive at the boats before the time you selected to board which i selected 12 30 they said if you show up early they'll tell you to go go away and come back at your designated time so i was diligently waiting at 12 15 i started making my way up to the area where you board and they're like uh 12.30 in this line, 1 o'clock in that line. I'm like, motherfucker. I sat here. You t you said <laughs> in your instructions that you I'd be sent away. I could have been here an hour ago and probably been on the boat right off at 12.30. No, stupid me, listening to the rules. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you went on a, how long was your cruise? Uh, cruise was five uh, five nights, so we we left Monday at three thirty, and we got back Saturday at eight a.m. Well, oh. six thirty a.m. We just didn't leave the boat till eight a.m. Oh, okay. 
And um, you went where? Uh, so the the trip was to Cozumel, Mexico, Progreso, which is uh, a port just uh, north of Merida, um, Merida, Mexico, and then back to New Orleans. And to tell you, getting out of the channel, getting out of the Mississippi takes eight hours on a cruise ship. We left at three o'clock in the afternoon, three thirty in the afternoon, and we didn't even break land by midnight. Really? Yep. Yep. And coming back, we we met land at ten o'clock at night, and we never got into port until six thirty. Jeez! All right. The next morning, I was like, "Okay, so there's the you know, so sixteen hours of my trip was just the Mississippi." <laughs> this is your first cruise. Very first cruise, very first time out of the country, and first time visiting uh, off of the eastern seaboard. What was your first thought? Um, after having flown down and going through the TSAs, I was like, this isn't security. <laughs> There's a lot of people sitting around, sure, but, you know, nobody, you know, people were carrying on, you know, 12 packs of soda they were carrying on giant things of um like uh shampoos and lotions and shit and you know they they didn't give a shit they didn't they didn't do any searches you know they you you put your bag on it went through a scanner and you stepped through a scanner and that was the extent of their security but it was while it was long like the line was huge there were there were hundreds and hundreds of people in line it went super fast. I think total from the time I got, so it, the line started outside the building. It went into the building and then up an escalator. And then there was like an open area that, with seats and the line kind of meandered through those, uh, you know, how they have the post set up and the, the straps that uh, go between the post to, to create a lane. Yep. And so that was just winding all through the end of this room. And there were hundreds of people there. And I was on the ship by one o'clock. So it took half an hour to get from the time I got up the escalator to get on the ship through hundreds of people in front of me. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. So that How big was the ship? So the ship itself was, um, from what I understand, it was one of the one of carnival smaller ships it was the carnival valor um and it is i'm looking it up right now the specs of my ship well i can tell you that uh my uh my watch because my watch keeps track of your steps and i walked 45 miles on the boat Wow. For that week. Um, so Carnival Valor, it is 952 feet long and gross tonnage is 110,000 with a guest capacity of 2,980 people. And it has 1,180 onboard crew. All righty. Well, there you go. So a huge ship. Yep. Giant ship. Um. And it's so when you get on board, when once you get on board, um, they tell you, 
okay, your room won't be ready till X time. So hang out in the lobby and they open up the bars. But of course, if you're in port, you have to pay sales tax on everything. You don't, you don't get to get, you don't, don't get to get tax free until you're, you, you get to open waters. Yep. 10 miles off. Remembering that it was 10 hours just to leave the Mississippi. So <laughs> Monday it was all taxed. Interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah. And then, so I got down to my room. I didn't even get into my room and there was this, um, I, I, because of the mask, I couldn't tell she could be Korean. She could be Filipino. She could be anything, but her name was Nani. And she looked, you know, as I'm walking, I haven't even gotten to my room yet. And she's like, Mr. John, what time do you like your room clean in the morning or at, or at night? I'm like, I haven't even seen my room yet. I'm like, uh, I'm a morning person. I'm up at six o'clock every morning. So, you know, it, morning works for me. And so I would go and, you know, I got checked into my room and every morning I'd get up and I'd go up onto the deck and I'd have my morning smoke. And by the time I got back to my room at eight o'clock in the morning, crystal clean every day. Wow. That's nice. Yep. Yep. So the fact that my room steward knew who I was before I even got to my room, it was, was impressive. <laughs> so what did you do that was fun on the ship? Any excursions? Um, so uh, surprisingly, surprisingly, um, because I was traveling alone, um, I, so the pools, I didn't, I didn't do a whole lot of swimming and whatnot, just because in order to do that, I would have had to go down to my room, which is at the bottom, the bottom front of the boat, put everything away, go back up, do my swimming, go back to my room, get everything back, go back, you know, so I, I, if their pools had been better i would have probably i probably would have done that but their pool the pools on this ship held like maybe 15 20 people and that would be i wouldn't consider that enjoyable swimming because everyone you know is just too tightly packed the hot tubs were always full of six to eight people some people um let's just say there was this one woman who should have had a uh hot tub to herself um and they had, uh, but most of it, most of it was you know kids swimming around and whatnot. They didn't have like an Olympic sized swimming pool or anything, gotcha. um, like some of the other ships do. So I didn't do a whole lot of that. Um, they had some shows which were great, where basically they they have musical genres and then their dance troupe will, would put on a show to you know for a couple hours of that genre. Um, I happened to catch the eighties rock, um, as well as the sixties, seventies disco part of that one. And, uh, just because I was looking for a place to sit and just relax for a little bit. And so it was a pretty good, those are, those were pretty entertaining. Um, they did have the dive in theater, which is a giant movie screen on the deck that, uh, on the main deck that you sit in a lounge chair and just watch a movie. Um, I got to one of those, and it was Matrix Resurrections. I saw about 20 minutes before I'm like, okay, I'm done with it. <laughs> um, Fair choice. And, and then, uh, so I did do the main dining room for the first evening. Um, I had 8.15 late dining, and so I did do that once. Um, 
What'd you it have was great eat? food. I had uh, haddock, uh, grilled haddock. Then I, for the main course, um, I had uh, cocktail, cocktail shrimp for an appetizer and chocolate, uh, a chocolate cake type dessert, which basically the entire center was uncooked. It was like a goo and way too rich. I, I didn't, I didn't really care for that a whole lot. Um, but again, you know, it was just me and apparently the other people that were seated at my table weren't eating that night. So I was just sitting there. And then after that, I was like, okay, I experienced it. And then the rest of my dining was just the, uh, the, the, uh, buffet bars. And I did eat at the, um, seafood restaurant a few times. Um, I didn't get a guy's burger because from open to close, they had a line, you know, 20, 30 people long all day long. Wow. And they were only open from noon to five. Ooh, that's so, yeah, bad hours. Yeah, and and the person I, w- I was saying, yeah, I, I said I was going to get a guy's burger, and I still haven't. And he's and he looks at me and he's like, "It's just a burger. There's nothing special about it." And I'm like, "You wouldn't be you you wouldn't think that looking at those lines." He's like, "It's because of the name." He's like, "It it's just a burger. Yo, you're not really missing out that much." Um, and as he takes a bite of his burger <laughs> yeah <laughs> um he did the uh i did also not realize that because they said in there in the you know online they said that you know you have uh around the clock drink bars not alcohol but juices coffees and you know the stuff they give you for free and that's not true they close them all down at 11 o'clock at night and commence the the cleaning cycle of them all and then they don't open them back up till six o'clock in the morning so for people seems who useful are up at three or four o'clock in the morning aren't getting a coffee <laughs> um they uh the food was okay and but i will say that for anybody who's never cruised before Carnival, if you go to on the Carnival Cruise, they have a package, an endless soda package called Endless Bubbles that you can purchase and where every 15 minutes you can go get a can of soda for free at any of the bars that have canned sodas. I will tell you, do if you do that, expect for all the wait staff to hate you. They will ignore you and it will take you forever to get a drink. They, you know, I went and sat at a bar for 20 minutes and watched eight other people come in behind me be served their drinks back and you know back and forth the whole way until I got up and had to go find another bar where they would actually come over and ask me what I wanted wow um, and there was only one wait staff her name was Napa and obviously also a Korean something. I don't know. With a mask on, I couldn't tell. I'm using that as an excuse. I probably couldn't tell without the mask either. Um, but her name was Napa, and she was the first one to get me a soda when I started on my cruise. And it was right in the lobby, and I gave her a $2 tip on a free drink. And so she was smart. Anytime, she, anytime I come into the lobby to get a soda, 
she came right over and asked me, you know, and took my order. And so much so that by the end of the cruise, I walked into the lobby and she'd have a Mountain Dew. She'd already be grabbing a Mountain Dew to get it for me. Um, because so they had cans? Yeah, they had cans of soda. They didn't they have didn't a dispenser that you could just fill up yourself? Nope, no, no, no fountain sodas anywhere. That's weird. I want that must be a COVID thing. Yeah, and uh, so and on the third night, uh, no, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, fourth night. Sorry, Thursday night, whatever it was. But anyway, Thursday night, I walked up and she she got out the Mountain Dew and she brought it over with a napkin and uh, she's she goes, "Here's your Mountain Dew." I'm like, "I'm also going to take a cruiser," which one of their signature lobby alcoholic drinks and she goes mr john you're gonna drink alcohol I'm like yep and i gave her a five dollar tip and she's like you are too sweet and then it, it, throughout the cruise it'd be times where she wouldn't even take my room key to to uh well she took my room key to charge the can but then wouldn't give me a slip so i could give her a tip mm. she's like no 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 you're okay and you know Super nice person. Every other wait staff, complete douchebags. It, food, both food, drink, bar, cleaning staff. The only two nice staff there was on that ship was Napa and Nami, and those were you know. And, and I put that in my review when they because they send out that post cruise survey. Oh yeah. And I and I said I said your staff are almost uh, disgruntled in the way they treat you know cruisers. And it wasn't just me. It, this was a common theme in conversation throughout the entire cruise about how ignorant people were. So do I smell a three-way? No, because they were both like 50, 55. I know so I'm your 47, age. Yeah. But, but no, no, no. There was, there was some tasty treats on board, and the eye candy was definitely there. Um, yeah, they were no. like, what, 10? Uh, no, they were, they had to be at least 12. They were in the, in the bigger pool. Nice, so, yeah. I mean, they had to be at least 12. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and believe it or not, because uh, I had this conversation with a gentleman up when I was having a cigarette and, uh, somehow we got on, I think he brought up something about how, how stupid the whole black lives matter movement was and whatnot. He was black. Um, and we were talking and I said, I said, what's surprising is, and it might be because I'm a white person, but the most ignorant people I've met on this boat, as far as crew, uh, as far as travelers go, were white people. There was a elevator that there was seven or eight people in, and these elevators weren't big. Eight was pushing the max. And this guy this this white guy pushes in backs into these this black couple forcing them to crush themselves into a corner and then hogs as much room as he can you know and starts talking like it's no big deal you know and another woman well this was before the cruise but another woman on the shuttle from the airport to my hotel there were 10 people on the shuttle and she goes, can you drop me off first so I can go drinking with my friends? It's like, we all paid the same price for this trip to get to our hotels. We all have things we want to do. What makes you so goddamn special? Um, but 
those were far and few between. Most of the people I talked to and met were were super nice, super chatty. I was told I am officially black because of my the the my skin issue and what I have to do to to keep it from drying out the way it does. She goes, "You don't know it, but you're black." <laughs> I mean, I've been calling you the N word for years. Oh yeah, I know, I know. And the funny thing is, is she was black, but she had dyed blonde hair. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'm like, oh, you're white. <laughs> so, yay or nay? You gonna go on a cruise again? Um, I think I will. I think there there'll be definitely some adjustments made. Um, because what I found out is, so my my cruise was I thought was dirt cheap for two hundred and thirty eight dollars. Um, I was like, well, damn, five day cruise. I I can't do anything for a vacation for two hundred and thirty eight dollars not and enjoy myself um but i learned that if you travel alone they charge you for two people essentially because that trip of 238 dollars if i was traveling with someone would have been 119 dollars a person sorry he's very important people we gotta hold the line here it was my aunt trying to call me. Um, and, you know the um, and so I was I I've been looking at other cruises because I'm thinking of going out of Maryland instead of all the way down New Orleans. Go out of Florida. Well, the thing is, is with Maryland, I can take a Concord bus from Bangor to Maryland and back for sixty eight dollars. Fair enough. And I was like, you know that would. That way I don't have to deal with airfare and hotel and, and all those other fees, so it would actually be more affordable. Um, and But it, the, it, I will go on one. It'll be quite a while before I do, though. Um, but it's one of those, the most fun, the absolute most fun I had was just sitting on the deck, talk, you know, meeting and talking to the new people and, and learning about where they're from. There was a lot of people from Louisiana on that boat, <laughs> yep. from New Orleans. Um, but I met some from, you know, uh, at the furthest North I had met someone from was Pennsylvania. Um, and they, uh, you know, but, but I, I, I'd sit up three, four o'clock in the morning, just, just talking to people. So you're just going to take somebody with you next time. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty much that's it. Take, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hire someone to be my steward. Misconnections, here we Miss come. Misconnections. I saw you on a boat. If any of our listeners want to enter a chance to go on a cruise with John. Oh, and I will hit also give another tip. If you do take a cruise, do and not if you fall take it with John, their... he'll give you the tip. <laughs> do not fall for the internet bandwidth packages. I got the best package there was in case my work needed to reach out to me for any reason. And the entire trip, I could not connect to anything but Carnival's hub app. Nothing. I, I got emails in maybe once every couple days. My We'd hit some place where my emails would come in. But other than that, I couldn't connect to a damn thing. It was It's a waste of money. Don't do it. Correct. I could have told anybody that if they'd asked. And yes, I did go on a couple excursions, um, one in Cozumel, which was, eh, we saw some Mayan ruins, but they were, it was almost like someone pretended there were Mayan ruins there because it really wasn't a whole lot. <laughs> um, and then there was a, and then after that went to a meal, uh, went to a lunch and 
the food was good. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was decent tacos, but it wasn't worth the price of the excursion. At um, any point in time while you were either on that excursion or in Mexico, did any pirates essentially assault the ship, shoot anybody, take hostages? Um, no, that happened on the ship when, uh, when someone, a, a young gentleman, I don't even know if he was 18, um, was hauled off at gunpoint for smoking marijuana on the ship. So they take that shit seriously, people. There you go. <laughs> and there, I, from, from rumors, I don't know if this is true, but from rumors, uh, his fine was $1,500. Wow. Don't smoke weed on a cruise ship and get caught. Right. That's the thing. Cause this happened on Wednesday night or Thursday. Yeah. Wednesday night and Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, when I was sitting there talking to people on different decks, they're like, is it just me or do, have I smell, smelt weed this entire time? And everybody's like, yeah, oh yeah, it's here. It's been wafting around the ship all, you know, for the past three days. Um, and then we had one crazy white Southern lady that had to be escorted around by security because they thought she was a suicide risk. And I kid you not, I was sitting two seats down from her. She goes, I ain't no suicide risk. I'm a homicide risk. I'm going to kill my daughter-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That laugh. sounds like a good vacation to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, it was. It, it was enjoyable. The first three days got rained out, but even with that, it was still it was still very, very relaxing and pleasant in the fact that I spent I, I, my entire bill for the trip was two hundred and fifty dollars, and I tipped every drink I got, and I still, you know, that was, and I, and I dropped, um, eighty dollars in the casino one night because all of the outer decks were closed, and I couldn't, we, the smoking areas were closed, so the only place to smoke was in the casino while you were playing, um, and so even then, so, eight, well, the eighty dollars doesn't count towards the two fifty because. I had to take that out as a, from an ATM, um, but the uh, the two fifty for all the tips plus um, I think plus because I ate at a couple restaurants that weren't included with the meal, the seafood place. Um, so overall, uh, to spend five nights for two hundred and thirty bucks, and then spend two hundred and fifty on extra stuff. 500 bucks. I mean, I don't know where you can possibly take a vacation for 500 bucks for an entire week. And yeah, so definitely for me, I think, I think it's definitely valuable. Um, not to mention if you do take a cruise, something I didn't know before this cruise is if you book a cruise ahead of time, like if you're going on a cruise next year and you book it now, you pay 10% now and you have until 14 days before the cruise to pay off the rest of it. So you can pay a little over each month to pay it off. So you don't have to come up with, you know, for some people, three grand all at once. Of course, I'm not that fancy. I don't need the, you know, I, I do need a different room because I will tell you, if you take a room at the front of the ship on the bottom of the boat, you will feel every goddamn wave you hit with bang, 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 bang. Yes. So don't take the front of the ship. And if you have motion sickness, don't take the back of the ship. And if you don't want to hear people fucking, don't take the middle of the ship. And I don't mind the rocking, so I will take the back of the ship at the bottom next time. <laughs> um, but yeah, good. It, Sounds it was, like it was, it was a good value and a good time. It was. It was. I, it was a relaxation I, I, I sorely needed. Um, you know, like you said, you know, I haven't really taken a vacation vacation in 
quite some time. So I enjoyed it, and now back to back to the real world. I mean, Knight, you sound very loose now, very relaxed, and uh, I mean, I am. You sound I like am. you removed two ribs and you can self suck. So we appreciate that. Wait, it's definitely a uh, good value, definitely a good time, much like the show. A great value, a great time, as we are a value for value podcast. Always remember, you can go to two J's in a pod dot com and slap that donate button to share some of your wealth with us poor people, and say that you appreciate it or you received any kind of value from the show. So, Absolutely. um, you know, it's funny because with what you were talking about on your cruise, that's one of the things I was thinking about while you were gone. Was, um, man, John's an N word. Um, no, um, I mean, yeah, cause uh, you were, yeah, I, you had, you had to do with my shit. <laughs> oh, this was even before that. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Gotcha. No, one thing I thought of, uh, interesting mind moment where I was doing something and much like your dude in the elevator. And it just made me think, you know. What happened to normalcy and decency? And how did we get to a place? And in a sense, I want to blame COVID for it or for a good portion of it. But how did we get to this where people are that disconnected and that self-absorbed and not self-aware at all? I feel like I feel like the Internet was pouring the gasoline and then COVID was just the match that just turned everybody into self-centered uh, sociopathic pricks. It's insane how many people don't pay any attention to how any of what they're doing affects anybody around them. No. And, and also, the one thing that I meant to mention with like that dude and the, the woman on the, esc- the, the uh, shuttle and whatnot is one thing that I thought of while you know after these events occurred is am I just seeing that because I'm of the same race. Like, were there ignorant people from other ethnicities that I wasn't offended by as much? You know, if I'm making any sense, was is there some sort of you know where I I'm at, at a skin level I, I re- relate to these people and I feel like they're making me look bad type of a situation. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting thought. I mean. I really don't I've never looked at it that way. Like I don't know. I just I don't register it. And I don't and I didn't either and I would just I wonder if there's a subconscious level that that's why it bothered me those people bothered me as much as they did. Because I mean, I did hear some ignorant people talking, but I didn't feel like what they were saying or doing was impacting anybody around them. Hmm. You know, they were just saying ignorant shit. Yeah, again, it's weird. I think those people probably do that all the time, though. Yeah. I think I think that at least the good part is some people do have a monochrome of understanding we're on vacation, let's have fun, and just go with the flow. But yeah. ultimately, yeah, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I found that when I traveled last month that, Everybody in my general vicinity, 90% of the time, was actually super conservative. Yep. 
but they were all terrified I I or somebody in the group area was a liberal. Yep, yep. Because we we would have conversations. So I, like for instance, I was in the airport waiting for one of my flights uh in Florida and there was an older retired lady next to me going to New York because that's where I was going. Yep. And I said hello. I asked if the seat next to her was taken so we could sit down. We sat down. And during that course, we started chatting a little bit. And I asked her if she was from New York. And she was like, no, I, I am originally, but I live here now. She was going back for a funeral. Oh, yeah. And this is one of the days where within like 12 hours, gas went up 30 cents a gallon. Yep. And I was just like, yeah, thanks, Biden. Like, <laughs> And once I said that, her whole complexion and approach to me changed. Yeah. And then she started testing the waters. She started <laughs> making little statements to see what I'd say. Nice. And, uh, and I, I don't care. I don't change my opinion based on what people say. And I said, you know, I said, I'm, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of mainstream media. I'm sick of everybody covering for him. And I'm sick of all the excuses. Yep. I don't care if you hated Trump. There is no way on the planet. You can tell me we were, we are better off now. Than we were. Yeah, no. Four all years the Trump ago. haters, all the Trump haters, have shut their goddamn mouth now. <laughs> I, I think I'd rather deal with some mean tweets than yeah. five dollar a dozen eggs, six dollar a gallon gas, and those uh, tweets didn't baby affect my bank account. <laughs> Correct. And and she was like, "Oh, I know." And she, and she said, "You know what I don't get is, uh, you know, they won't even say that." And I said, "No, because the left doesn't do that." What the left yep. does, as we've discussed, is they double down. Yep. And uh, basically, she got a private episode of the podcast for 20 minutes because I just wouldn't shut the <laughs> fuck up. And, uh, and she looks at me before she gets up to get on the plane. She goes, I have two sons. They're about your age. I don't know what I did wrong because they are so hard left and they will not admit anything. And she goes, and even if I talk about anything, they're just still supporting Biden. She goes, so you keep those values. <laughs> I got on the plane. I go, yeah, so I shot her. But the point was, um, <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's amazing how many people live in fear, how many people are terrified to say their opinions, and how everybody, regardless of even speaking about those opinions, everybody will admit how shit things are unless you make it political and they're of the other party. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, you know, that on the ship, the same thing. People, people would talk a very, very superficial, you know, weather and shit. And unless, and, and I always broke the ice by the, the, as the conversation would be going, I'm like, I'm just so sick of this fucking COVID bullshit. Why won't they get over it and call it a new flu and get, you know, move on with life though. Then people would open up like there was no tomorrow and, and chat till the wee hours of the morning, but they, they needed that permission. It's almost like they need the permission to express themselves um, because well, right. Cause again, nobody know. wants to open the floodgate on a dipshit. Right. You know, right. nobody wants to go, Oh man, COVID stupid. And then have, find out you're a pro vax. Well, you are pro vax, but find out you're a, a avid uh, boost aficionado who insists that everyone has to be. Yeah, to where not, you're, you're going. Well, it works, and you need to get boosted five times, and you still need to get another shot, and you got to wear a mask. And I only took off my triple mask so I could drink through this straw. Like, <laughs> yeah, and and that and that's just it. Is I don't I I 
it's it's interesting as we've talked before it's interesting how once you know once i realized that that's why everybody would you know nobody would talk to not not necessarily not talk to me but nobody would talk and outside of their group and it wasn't until there was there was a few a few people there that just weren't you know they weren't going to hold their tongue you know in I mean, I wasn't ignorant about it. I, you know, it's just uh, like I said. You know, I'm just sick of this whole COVID thing and, and what what ha- we have to do just to travel now. It's ridiculous when it's you know, it's just another form of flu, and but people wouldn't say shit. But as soon as they knew that they had a value that matched yours, they'd talk forever. And it's like, why why are we so scared to say things like this? You know why? Well, and I think it's two parts. I think also people are so used to masks and this social distancing bullshit that was imposed everywhere that I think people just aren't friendly anymore. Mm. People don't know how to read faces anymore or initiate because they had the ability to unplug for a year. I don't have to be polite and respond to you because I have a mask on and we need to social distance. Yeah. You know, how many times when it was peak plague and you're in the grocery store with every dumb motherfucker wearing a mask or two and they see you and they just fucking do a giant broad circle around you. You don't even get a nod. Or if you go down the wrong way, they'll be like, this is supposed to go the other direction. Right. I'm going to Karen police you and that's it. Yeah. Like, and I think that that's what people also contributed to that. I think part of it is fear of people getting ganged up on because guess what? You say one thing and it's you're pro-Trump, you're a racist, you're an asshole, you don't support anything, you're an insurrectionist. Again, I mean, honestly, I would be terrified if I was active on social media right now because I'd be speaking out against Biden and the Democrats so much, I'd be labeled as an insurrectionist. <laughs> yep. And, and but, the, but the side that people don't realize that, you know, so there, there was this one couple, uh, James and um, and his wife, I forget her name. Um, it was probably not James, too. It, it, it was a unique name, but they... Uh, you know, we met early on in the cruise, and they were both smokers. So, you know, we'd cross paths in the smoking area frequently um, over the course of the trip. And by the fifth night, the the last night of the cruise, uh, his wife comes up and asks if I want to go have dinner with them because they hadn't eaten dinner yet. Oh, three-way story <laughs> inbound. Um, I still didn't meet their 12-year-old daughter that was that had been I'll with them. I bet you didn't, but you but, gave uh, a new son, didn't you? <laughs> but but it was just a matter of by not by by keeping if I had just kept my mouth shut and do what I, you know do what I do and, and just sat there and and looked out at the water the entire trip, you know. But that's not I you mean, anyway. I, no. No, you're a conversationalist. You you talk to like everybody. Yeah, but it has to. I can't talk about superficial shit for very sure long. Sure, you can. No, and then it, I can't it trails into something else. But I'm saying you talk to weather. everybody. You love to talk. You're a conversationalist. So when you get around somebody who's going to see that and reciprocate it, you disarm them. Oh, now, on a yeah. scale of one to ten, what does his wife look like? Um, I'd probably say, just based off looks, I'd probably say a. Seven. So he hit it. He wanted to hit it. All right. No. And did you go to dinner? Yeah, we went down. To, it was. I mean, we just went to the buffet line, but right, we went right. and sat and 
had a dinner together, yeah. And then um, at the end, they, they, you know, before we left in the morning, before we everyone was packing up their stuff, he found me up on the smoking deck and wanted to thank me for having dinner with him and his wife and wished me a safe trip home. And, you know, those are the things that if you don't, if you don't take that risk of pissing someone off, you also don't get, don't take the chance of meeting people who are super friendly and, you know, great to talk to. Well, again, I think you're the one one thing I give a huge nod to cruises for, which you just discussed, is no service. You're genuinely mm-hmm. getting around people who are unplugged. They're yep. not married to their phones because their phones don't work. They're not sitting there on everything. If you see a person on a tablet, they're usually just like reading. Like, that's it. Yep. They're like, checking out the menus because every bar has a QR code that you scan to pull up their menu. <laughs> right, for COVID. So you're, you're dealing with people not being able to do anything electronic. You're actually going to make connections. People are going to talk. People are going to do yeah. things. You know, I think that that is what the whole country needs. I'd love to shut down everything for a day or two. It'd be amazing. Yeah. You'd be amazed at how much you could learn. And one thing I realized about this cruise, I don't know what it was. I, I still have some thinking to do about it. But, like, I don't. I, it, it's hard to explain. But when I, you know, since I've been back, I don't. So, for example, you know, if if I'm out and there's a group of people around, mo, you know, prior to my trip, I I wouldn't bring attention to myself in a group setting. And now I just don't care. You know, I'll, I'll I'll talk to anybody. I don't care. You know, if there is a group of people around, I'll still go out and talk to them. Uh, I, 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 that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like I said, there's some more to to, to that I'm trying to figure out what the whys of, but I just don't have that. Uh, uh, words. I don't know. It's been a long day. Um, Makes sense. You haven't had exposure to feeling like that. Now you're you're feeling a little bit more confident. You're letting go of some of your deep-seated neuroses and your self-confidence issues and your self-esteem issues. And because people actually responded to you in a positive way in a different situation and you were able to do that out of your element, it further reinforced that, which now that you're back in your element, you've exceeded a boost from that and it's helping you integrate, which is good. That's what needed to happen. Uh, okay. So, mister, I can figure this shit out in two seconds. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're, you're, tell me I'm right. wrong. Tell me I'm no, wrong you're, and tell me where I'm wrong. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I know uh, I'm goddamn right. I'm <laughs> always right. People don't understand that. And, uh, and you know, but there is, there, there is, uh, uh, I guess, I guess it's a, it's, I've lost some of the fear of. John, it's a rejection. validation. It's a validation of what you've known all along. Yeah. When we were friends, it didn't matter. No matter how many times I could tell you, you have X, Y, Z ability. You can do this. You just don't know how. You're not trained for it. And you would say, no, 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 there's a difference. You're, you're, you've got more charisma or, or you're better looking than I am. And I go, it's got nothing to fucking do with that. Nothing whatsoever. You need to learn how to talk to people. And you would argue and tell me I was wrong. And I said, hey, I I can't change your opinion, but this is a living example of it. Mm -hmm. This is where I tell you, you needed validation. You have 
and were, and I'm not saying intentionally or um, knowingly even, because people don't realize it. When you're around the people, the same group of people you know all the time, and they're people that you respect but you have conflict with, a.k.a. a lot of family for people, you're craving validation. And when that family has never given you that because they're the ones who gave you those insecurities, knowingly or unknowingly, you're never going to receive adequate validation. Yeah. It's the same as when you started a job. You're starting off even keel. Nobody knows you. Nobody knows anything about you other than what you're going to tell them and what they read. Yeah. And then when a boss comes up to you and goes, man, you do a great job. And you're definitely really good at this. That's the validation you crave. Because it's not somebody standing around telling everybody, like at a family meeting, no, I'm I'm an operations manager. And I'm damn good at it. And they go, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm not sure you are. Just as the manager, yeah, oh, he's, I'm sure he's awesome at it. That's <laughs> not going to give you your validation. But when your boss pulls you into an office after a stressful day and goes, I couldn't have made it through today without you. You're invaluable, and I wanted you to know that. I just I don't have anything I can do, but I think you needed to know. That means the world. This is yeah. how you build loyalty with people. This is how yeah. you build relationships. This is why I tell everybody, you included, I will tell you things. I'm not wrong. I witness it from the outside. I yeah. know everything that goes on. You're not going to agree until you have an event in your life or an epiphany where it just clicks. Yep. It's and it's not picking on any individual. That's everybody. Yep. When I was younger, I could not figure out a relationship. I could not figure out how to go into a relationship. I could not figure out how to deal with my neuroses, my insecurities or my frustrations, my self-consciousness. It took me until my mid 30s when I could go, this is what I need to do. This is how I'm going to approach it because it all of a sudden just clicked. I yep. all of a sudden said, hey, I can be in a relationship because I want to be. Yeah. Not because I think I need to be. Not because this person needs help and I'm clearly the only option. Or I'm doing what I think is right or what other people are going to think is right. I can do what I want to do. Yeah. And in some areas, you're very excelled at that. And you're very on top of the game on that. However, on other areas, especially involving self-confidence, self-esteem, and morale, you're not. You're the bottom. So with all honesty, it's a great thing that that happened, and I'm glad. And I hope you continue to do whatever you need to do to mimic that because nobody should feel that way. And I'm glad you got the validation that nobody else could provide you in this vicinity to change that. Well, and that is one thing that even before the cruise uh, that – I had it, 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 it the, the, so first let me start by saying that I know that there's no validity to it um, but one of the things that I that went through my mind is I looked back over every relationship I ever had whether it be a friend whether it be a romance whatever it is Everybody that was in my life was in my life through uh, what I what I referred to at the time as a forced interaction. Mm. Um, okay, you know, let's I, delve into that. What do you mean? Um, so, like a, a job, you know, a, a, I worked at a job. 
I became friends with Mark and Amy. They were they were they were in a situation where they had to work with me. They had. So are you they, saying that friends only happened because you were in a forced interaction? No, 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 no. I'm saying that I didn't that because of my own the way I am or who I am. I'm not sure why the reasons why so much. I haven't gotten that far, but people didn't take the time to know get to know me outside of an interact outside of a being in an environment where they almost had to you know they had they had to experience me for you know on a on a personal personal level for you know for I, I, i'm not explaining this properly no you're fine um, so so well and jeremy was high school same class we became friends, but not right off. We weren't friends immediately. It took time before he really uh, got to know who I was. Okay, but but based on what you just said, and I'm going to ask this so you can clarify for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's what all relationships are. Right. Tell me I've one relationship gone, that isn't that. I, none of them, none of them were initiated by me. I never went out and initiated a tried to initiate a relationship with anyone outside that that didn't have the opportunity to get to know me before that relationship started. Bullshit. <sighs> Bullshit because you did it with me. We were working together. Doesn't matter. You initiated. Nothing to do outside of work. I had not taken any interest in your personal life. You invited me to cookouts outside of work, and I completely didn't go because I had no desire to hang out with you. You then inserted yourself and offered to help me move. Mm -hmm. You made the first move on that. So just just based off your statement, though, was you didn't initiate. No, the the point I'm making is... I haven't initiated with anyone outside of those environments. In other words, I haven't just gone to someone in a bar and started a conversation. But what do you think that is? That's a forced initiation. But That's they, the exact it, same thing as work. People go to a bar. They create a presence at a bar. They like the bar. They like the music. They like the crowd. That becomes their regular stop, their hangout. People who go to bars who are sitting alone tend to talk to people. Who do they talk to? The bartender. If the bartender is not available and there's people sitting at the bar, they then engage in conversations. If those people are regulars, there's your forced interaction. Right, but in but what I'm saying is that I did I I have never done that. I have always done it in an environment where, you know, either I became friends through a family member who, you know, for example, Kurt and Kelly. Um, you know, they are Shane's friends. I became friends with them through Shane, through them being at, you know, family events over and over and over again. And they got to know me and then I opened up and, and, you know, became friendly with them. Um, Mark and Amy, you know, Brandy, Jeremy, you know, it was always, there was already an established knowledge of each other to a certain level before I engaged in, in, in a relationship, you know, perfect strangers. I never would do that with is what I'm saying is, is that my guess, my point would be, that's not unique. Nobody does. Right. And what I'm saying is like this cruise, I did do that. 
you know, I, I, but, you know, I but just based start on your, talking to people based just they sit down and start talking to them. Well, yeah, but based on the previous, that's the exact same correlation as work. You were stuck with the same people for five days that you were going to see. So all you did is make that choice. You could have somebody at work who came to work every day, sat at their cube, didn't talk to anybody, and never bothered to talk to anybody. That could have been you on the cruise. Right. My and point is, is everybody adapts to their environment. Well, right. but I don't think you did. I think you just don't give yourself credit. And I'm not, again, this isn't a knock on you. You, were, you are one of the genuinely very outgoing, friendly people. If you're in a smoking section and somebody is there you don't know, and they come up and go, hey, can I get a cigarette? You never say no. Nope. You never look at them and go, who are you? You don't. There's no. It's a yes. You're friendly. You're a smile. You're an open door. You beg for attention. You you are always, whether it's knowledgeable or not knowledgeable, you are always looking for that interaction. Again, look at your your roommate. Your roommate was living in a motel for years. Yep. I don't think that he moved in with you and became your roommate simply because you worked together. No. You no. opened it up. You were nice. You were looking out for him. You were that so I, I understand now, just so it's clear, I understand your point. Yes, a cruise ship took you out of your element and it put you on a shorter time zone, which opened it up a new world of interaction for you where you were able to go converse with people on a much shorter notice and with no real connection. This was not a situation like a lot of people have. There's no pre-built camaraderie because like me, you didn't grow up with a sports team or a, a boxing fan or, you know, some you you didn't you were not part of a social construct that had a built in community. And, and I guess I guess if I were if I were to try to sum it up, you know, basically what I was trying to say is, is that this cruise reaffirmed to myself that my confidence has grown to the point where I don't need to have that pre-established situation before I'll talk to someone. Agreed. My confidence, my confidence has grown to the point where I can just start a conversation with a stranger, and I don't care. You know, if it doesn't, if if they're, if we don't work out, then so what? I don't care about them not liking me. You know, that Correct. that level of confidence is increased. It's nothing it's ventured, nothing gained. Absolutely, and I agree. And that's and that's what I said. Going back to my points on what was different and why it impacted you. Yep. Because exactly, you weren't getting that validation. Because what's happening is because you weren't part of a social construct. Your actual forced interactions, which you omitted, not knowingly probably, but were things like when your family has people over, you would try and interact with those people. But those people weren't there to interact with you, and you weren't part of a social construct involving those people. You were an associate of somebody in that construct. Therefore, there was no connection being made because they were preoccupied and you weren't the focal point yeah however uh, when guess. you're in a place where nobody knows you and nobody knows anyone else and you're not friends with anybody there and then you're meeting on an, a level playing field yeah and i guess i guess uh, my uh, my previous way of doing things was that i 
waited till people had interacted with me enough times to feel like, okay, they won't reject me if I, if I put myself out there. Ooh, and okay. now that's interesting. And now, it, you know, on the ship, it was, it, which, which it's not the ship that did it. It was just the ship that validated that I don't need to do that anymore. I don't, I don't feel the need to do that anymore. I'll, I'll, I don't need to be, I don't care. I, I don't have a fear of that rejection, hmm. I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that a different perspective would be you had, um, from my perspective, I would say you tried to essentially, in in a weird term, buy friends or buy attention. Uh, yeah, I would not disagree with that even a little bit. That, I know I was that guilty would, of that. And that would be... Well, it's every a lot of people are. It's not just you. Again, that's why these aren't attacks. That's what people have to understand when you have a conversation like this. Uh, I am a very perceptive person. I'm a very aware person, and I pick up on a lot more than a lot of other people do, and I have a lot of experience and knowledge in this, a lot of self-experience. And that being the thing, this is the difference. You, it, I don't think you were hesitating talking to these people until you established you know, confidence and getting to know them enough to go out on a limb. I think the whole part of going out on a limb and all that establishing was you trying to prove your worth or offering to do things with no benefit to yourself simply to get that validation. This is the whole parent split. Dad sees me every two years syndrome. Yep. When the dad sees you, he's going to spend 300 bucks on you in two days. Why? Yep. Because in those two days, he needs to somehow buy his worth for the fact that the other 496 days he doesn't see you, he's a fucking douche, or he doesn't care, or he doesn't talk to you. Yep. Um, that's And that's the situation. And it's again, it's played out, and I can give specific examples. Again, we worked together. Well, first thing you did was try and establish dominance with me, which failed miserably because I'm an alpha. And I know that's what you're doing. And it doesn't bother me because at that point we don't have a connection. But you try to establish dominance by looking at me and going, we're not friends. Friends are somebody I would call at 3 a.m. if my house burned down. If my house burned down tomorrow, I'm not calling you. What you're doing there is you're issuing a challenge saying, I have no connection to you and you hold no value to me. So you're trying to put a challenge out so that most people are going to look and go, well, wh well, I mean, why wouldn't you call me? I'd, I'd come get you. You're trying to elicit a response that, much like the COVID comments or the Trump comments, is testing the waters to let you see how the people are around you. And I think, again, one of the reasons at the beginning why it was different for you was because I looked at you and go, yeah, I'm not going to call you either. Yep. Because... Don't give a shit. Don't know you. And I and and I and and the, it's interesting because the the it, it's interesting to hear the conversation from from your perspective because obviously we both have our own perspective on that that scenario. And I took your response as finally someone who understands what 
that level of friendship why, why that you know has the same value on that level of friendship you know what i mean that's what that's what i took your response as i took your response as oh he's not one of these oh i've got 400 friends on facebook type of people mm-hmm. you know that that showed me that you had you put value in friend you put a, a as much value in friendship as I did, you know, that's, that's, that was how I took that interaction. Oh, absolutely. What I'm talking about is unspoken and it's unknown. I'm not saying you said to yourself, I'm going to establish dominance. No, I don't think it ever crossed your mind. It's a chemical reaction in your brain that you did as a defense mechanism based on your interactions up until that point with those other types of people, because you were so used to people only using you, or reaching yep. out to you to use you when it benefited them. So your reaction to prevent yourself from being hurt is a mental block where you say, I'm going to make what actually happens most of the time my actual goal. Because if it's my goal, I'm meeting my goal. I can't be hurt or upset if this happens because I've convinced myself this is what I want to happen. Because the reality is if you were to go, I mean, I'd call you if my house burned down and then you realized if you call them, they just wouldn't answer. You have an opportunity to be hurt. You now have an opportunity to be let down. You now have an opportunity to say, clearly, this person didn't value me the way I thought they did or wanted them to. Mm -hmm. So we train ourselves for that. Uh, A good example on me. So it doesn't feel like I'm just targeting you and being a dick. I tell people all the time, you won't make it 36 months as my friend. That's a defense mechanism because I realize I tell everybody, but the reasons are valid. The reason I do it is because it's a defense mechanism. It's a marker in your brain. I tell everybody, I won't be friends with you over 36 months. You can say we're best friends now. That's great. It's not that I don't enjoy you. We won't be around in 36 months because I don't change. My core does not change. Don't lie to me. Don't disrespect me. Don't steal from me. Does not change. People cannot meet that. Now, granted, you lasted well above 36 months. But at the end of the day, the reason I say that is so that I'm I've already understood it's going to happen. There's no such thing as true friendship, not eternal friendship. That doesn't happen. People will never meet that mark. Because life happens, things happen, and people are going to make choices regardless of how it affects your relationship or your friendship, regardless of how much they claim to hold it in high esteem. They take advantage, they lose sight, or they decide to change course. And that's okay. People can do that. But it's the maintaining the illusion that, no, no, I I could totally do that. We'll be friends forever. Hey, it's a cool thought. I'm not going to hold my breath. Whether you're going to you know, use me as a stepping stone at work. You're going to borrow my car and use all the gas because you don't want to spend <laughs> your own money, whether it's because you just randomly decide you don't want to be friends. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, when it happens, just like everybody else, I have questions, right? You're always going to have hindsight. You're always going to go, I wonder what really happened. Or, 
why didn't this person just talk to me? Like, amazing. How is it that people can insist they have the exact same parameters as you and then they can't even talk to you about it? Yeah. What good is five years, three years, two years of friendship when people can't even keep the communication that they claim to have valued so high? So I think that it's awesome that you are hitting that point. It's well-deserved. And I think it's good. And I really hope that, if nothing else, you take a trip soon enough, you don't wait too long to go on another vacation or cruise or whatever, to keep that feeling and keep that momentum. Because bottom line is, no matter how much you enjoy it now and you know it boosts your confidence now, it doesn't take long for confidence to get shaken or lost or, or dropped again. Because yeah. you're back in an environment where... I'm back to where I was before what, I went on my cruise, you know? Well, right. What exposure are you getting? And with what exposure am I not getting that's my own... my own do, of my own creation? Like, what, what, what blockades am I putting up for myself that, that are... That's convincing me a whole nother show. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, exactly. That's the thing. So, so being aware that I do that is an important part of fixing it. Not well. Okay. I I won't deny that. I I won't even argue on that. I just, I'll just leave it. But that's the whole, the whole point being though, is even knowing it, if you don't have a plan to change it, it's not going to change. And everything you do in life is exercise. What happens no, when, like you, I, when you don't go to the gym for four weeks and then you go to the gym? You, you start back over. You're stretching muscles. You're sore. Everything's new. doesn't matter if a month ago you were running two miles. If you stop running for a month and eat Cheetos for a week, yep. you go back, you're probably not going to be running two miles like you never stopped. No. And, nope. and as you get older, it takes even longer. Right. Well, the longer you do it, the longer you build habits that are not conducive to that, the harder you have to work to get those habits. Yeah, they say they say you have to. It, I, I don't. I'm not even going to try to mimic it, but you know, they say that it takes repetition over like 12 weeks before something becomes habit. Um, or and those are numbers. I'm just. I don't know what the actual study says i haven't cared cared enough about it um but but i it's what i've always told my daughter anybody can change but it's hard work it's hard work to change who you are and and, you know if you if you're the same if 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 you don't like who you are and you want to change it you can it's just gonna you, you just need to understand that it takes a lot of effort to change what you know habits that you have you know like with me you know and and my defense mechanisms and overcoming them that that's that's challenging work and it's something that yep it's going to slip you're going to fall backwards and you you just you got to have the determination that you want it to be better and keep at it and it can be done but you know, it, it, it's definitely it's definitely a very difficult thing to change who you are especially if you've been that way for for your years or even decades well people don't realize it's a pebble not a boulder yep that breaks it yep legitimately friendships relationships take work their maintenance 
I can't count the number of times in our conversations you would say, our our friendship is work, but yep. it's worth it to me. I put forth that effort knowing that. Yep. Well, it takes a pebble for people to go, oh, I'm going to put no effort towards that today. And there you go. When you have no effort, what do you have? So you can even insist you see the path. You can insist that you know the outcome. But at the end of the day, if you don't do anything, you derail yourself. While John was on vacation, I had my daughter over for dinner with her boyfriend. Oh, nice. And, you know, it's the same It's the same thing. I, I like how people pre-justify or try to pre-justify. Meaning, I love it when you're not even addressing a specific subject and people try and answer it and give you an excuse beforehand. Yep. Um. It was a great visit. I enjoyed it immensely. It was wonderful. and But but things like um, my daughter going, yeah, oh, I, I didn't text you back very often. Like, I know. Yeah. But I don't text anybody back. You don't, you never text anybody back? Why what? do I find that extremely hard to believe? <laughs> Why does it matter? Right. True. Telling me that you're 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 trying to generate an excuse, yeah. and you're, you're trying to say that talking that to the mic, it John. wasn't personal. It wasn't personal, right? Or, or you or you just trying to say, hey, sorry, I didn't text you back. <laughs> I got busy with life, yeah. but then say that. Like yeah. you know, she said that, and I looked at her and I said, "Do you know how often I talked to my parents when I was your age? I lived eight miles away from them, and I saw them maybe once every two to three months. Yep, I had life going on." I was working, I was doing my own thing, I had a social life, I was dating. My parents were not on my mind. All I care about is that you're healthy, you're okay, and you're doing good. So, there you go. But it's the people needing that release. It also goes hand in hand, by the way, with how nosy people are. <laughs> not not her, and that's not a dig at her at all. I'm just saying in yeah. general, I'm thinking of how many people I've talked to over the last few weeks that will ask a question and then get an answer, and they don't know what entailed the answer, and they yep. desperately want to find out, but they really don't know how to ask. Yep. You know, and it's like, why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand what people's hangups are. Yep. But yep. I think that, um, but yeah, no, it was good that her and Mac came over for dinner. Uh, Mac has great taste in music. Uh, we hit it off, I thought, pretty well. They have Juniper? Uh, no. Ah. No, she was with her father. Um, gotcha. So, uh, but it was good, and we said we'll do it again sometime in the future. We don't have anything planned, but, uh, I mean, it was nice uh, yep. to have... What I thought was going to be a lot more stressful is the situation. Yeah. But it wasn't. And Good. and it was fine. But the point being, uh, it, it's amazing how, and again, I think part of that would be with that those conversations, being able to sit down and go, hey, remember two years ago, I was the biggest asshole on the planet. Yep. And, you know, I told my, I told my daughter when she was over, I said, I wasn't a good father. 
I have no issues admitting that. That didn't mean I didn't try to be a good father. I was ill-equipped. Did I handle everything the way I should have? Absolutely not. I did the best I could. I don't expect any awards, but what I did, I did. And at the end of the day, you ended up where you are, and you have a pretty solid work ethic. You're taking care of your child. You're in a relationship where you seem to have somebody who's taking care of you and you're doing well. So there you go. And pray to God your daughter's not like you. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that's, that's all you can ask for. And at the end of the day, it's also, as I told everybody, when when they say something like, oh, I you know, talk to my sister or my father. Oh, I'm sorry your daughter doesn't call you more. I'm not. Yep. I would rather have that one interaction that's good a year. The Saturday morning cartoon effect. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. to deal with contact every week and be bickering or arguing or just have no value and nothing to say. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. But uh, I do think it's time for our misconnections this week. Yeah. There's got to be some sad, lonely people out there. I don't know. We'll find out right here. We got one called Hannaford. Oh, there we go. There's a start. You Seems to be checking... a lot of Hannaford. Sorry. Yes, no, you're good. There are a lot of Hannafords, <laughs> especially in Maine. <laughs> you were checking out in Hannaford with your son, and we made... Eye contact spelled with the letter I. And it seemed like we were checking each other out. You have long black hair and was wearing a purple shirt. I tried to rush to check out myself to catch you in the parking lot to ask you for your number, but you... Oh my gosh, there's no punctuation. I'm sorry, people. I'm running out of breath. Here we go. <laughs> it's one long run-on sentence. <laughs> I, I also don't have my glasses, which is making this difficult. We're going to start over. Here we go. I will read it more punctuated. You were checking out in Hannaford with your son, and we made eye contact, and it seemed like we were checking each other out, and you have long black hair and was wearing a purple shirt. I tried to rush to check out myself to catch you in the parking lot to ask you for your number, but you were already in your truck and about to leave. This is probably a shot in the dark, but if you happen to see this and would like to exchange numbers, please reach out. I think you're really beautiful and would love to get to know you. If you're an English teacher, bonus. <laughs> uh, texting and typing ability, bonus. Yeah. And that's another thing with texting. You know, with, with before we get into covering all that's wrong there, um, you know, with, with the internet, it seems like texting people have excused punctuation because, oh, well, it's a text, so you don't need punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so you were, you, you were, you were stalking at that point. I mean, you were rushing to check out to try to get a chance to talk to her. Yeah, I guess I'm, uh, going to say at this point, what connection did you have? (laughs) Like to miss. Right. If you saw each other in the store, that's great. But if. I mean, ultimately, so they say you basically just saw them checking out. Yeah. And if they're checking out with a kid, you just assume is their son. I mean, there's so many unknowns right here. Yeah. 
If I saw a woman and a child checking out, the last thing I'd want to be doing is rushing out of the store, checking myself out to chase them down in the parking lot where their husband or boyfriend might be waiting in the car. <laughs> yep. Hey, I, I was totally checking you out while you're in line. I rushed through to come talk to you because we should hook up. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, I Would feel you just like, say to my wife? <laughs> and, and again, so here's the other thing. How many people check out in Hannaford with a kid? Uh, millions. There you go. <laughs> so how in this... You describe the person you're talking to by a color shirt and a color hair. So you might have narrowed it down by 10%. And you have long black hair. Can I just tell you, in real life, black is a relative term. Mm -hmm. People tell me I have black long hair. Long is a relative term. Well, people tell me I have black hair. I don't. I no. have brown hair. And now yep. it's mostly gray. So do I. And people think I have black hair. And... So, right, long black hair for a woman, I think maybe, okay, shoulder length. Yep, but it could but be share, you know, it, down it, to her ass. Right, if it's black, is it dyed black? Is it natural black? Is it possibly just a dark hair color? And so you, you have a dark-haired person with a purple shirt and a kid in Hannaford. You don't describe yourself at all, which means... They probably don't know anything about you because yep. they probably didn't see you trying to get their attention if you're rushing to check out to catch them in the lot. Yep. Then your solution is you ran after them to try and catch them and missed them. Yep. This is a shot in the dark, but if you see this and would like to exchange numbers, please reach out. Why would anybody reach out? No. Hey, um, I shop at Hannaford. I have shoulder-length dark brown hair and a two-year-old son, and I think you were trying to catch me. Yeah. How do I think that? Uh, I have no idea because I just got in my car and left, but I'm pretty sure if I turned around and drove back, you might have been standing outside looking for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, you don't give an age on the son. Are we talking a baby in a car seat? Fourteen-year-old. Right. Uh, <laughs> you don't give any fucking detail. No. Nope. There is no goddamn information. Nope. If I, 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 I'm going to describe John the way you would normally describe someone if you want to talk to them. White, male, approximately six feet, scraggly beard, scraggly mustache to go with it. Weighs about 108 pounds if he's soaking wet. Uh, I weigh 193. Wearing a black hoodie, carrying a one-liter Mountain Dew bottle, and smoking two cigarettes simultaneously, one in each hand. Tried to talk to me every time I walked by him. Asked if I needed anything. Gave me a cigarette when I asked for a cigarette. That would be something like, hey, guy who gave me a cigarette, who was super cool, Wearing the black hoodie, you know, you, you had a light beard, you had short hair, it was brown, you were friendly, and you happened to tell me where you lived and where you're from, and I know you live with your brother. That's how you give a description. <laughs> that narrows it down to a handful of people. Well, I mean, at least then million. if you found this, I've cited a specific event in your life where you could go, 
Okay. I I gave a dude cigarettes at that place. I was at Hannaford, and I remember giving a cigarette to a dude, and he seemed really fucking gay and all about getting my dick. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll exchange numbers. God, let's do this. Do you want to go on a cruise? And... (laughs) But this gives nothing. No. You're literally talking about a grocery store that I'm going to say services a thousand people. And that's a super low number. You were in front of me. Uh, I mean, you were in front of me. If you see this, let me know. (laughs) Right. I was in the drive-thru. I saw you in your own rearview mirror. You didn't really seem to notice me, but I noticed you. I tried to push your car out of the drive-thru with my bumper so I could get my food quickly and then ask if you needed help with your car trouble. (laughs) See, that would be a specific event. <laughs> right. And guess what? At that point, you shouldn't be doing a misconnection because after you rammed them with the bumper, if they drove away, they don't want to get to know you. Yep. <laughs> yep. This uh, one's called Basketball Coach. Oh. Oh. This is from a 14-year-old. For the beautiful woman I met briefly, tell me where we chatted. Possibly chat more. I was enamored but needed to run. Could not be rude. I was scouting for the B team and did not expect the A team to have such a beautiful smile and magnetic personality. You You couldn't even give like a area, you know, A team, B team for what? Uh, I don't know. It's, It's marked as being in Wyndham. Okay. Okay. Well, he narrowed it down a little bit. But were they? He yeah, really uh, loses me at the end. I know you're trying to be witty, and I think you're trying to call her an A or whatever. But that, that sentence just really blows it for me. Could not be rude. I was scouting for the B team and did not expect the A team to have such a beautiful smile and magnetic personality. Yeah. That to me sounds like you were looking for a dude to butt fuck, <laughs> but you found a woman who was cute. Yeah, I was looking. I was scouting for the B team. Now I know this is oh oh basketball lingo, but I'm pretty sure there's innuendo Wyndham, there. <laughs> Wyndham basketball coaches aren't scouting for any goddamn teams A, B, or C. <laughs> I've never seen an elementary school being like we are scouting. So yeah, I, 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 I let's just say when I was in little league, I didn't have anybody come to our games, you know, scouting for talent, because <laughs> they certainly would have wouldn't have found any at that age. I'm scouting this B team of little league uh, to try and see if there's anybody I can bring to my A team. Yeah, yeah. Um, and frankly, it kind of just makes you sound like a creep to me. Yep. I'm a basketball coach, and I'm probably hitting on a relative slash mom. <laughs> yep. And. And again, tell me where we chatted. Um, in the stands. It was a basketball game, fuckface. I don't think yeah. we chatted in the porta potty at the next town over. Um, <laughs> or the Dunkin' Donuts drive through. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, we, we chatted um, holding on to the weather vane of a local barn. Uh, you're a basketball coach, and you're apparently scouting. Um, the crowd for bangable women at this fucking B team shitty game. Yeah. You're, you're a basketball coach. A how about you, you watch? How about you watch the goddamn game, coach? Maybe that's why you're losing because you're <laughs> yeah, trying to look at women. B team because you, yeah. I mean seriously. And then I like how he says, "Tell me where we chatted." Period. Possibly chat more. 
I was enamored but needed to run. So we chatted either in the basketball game or in the goddamn parking lot after the basketball game when you were telling my kid his free throw sucked. Yep. And we so lost because chatting. of you, Daryl. So you were already chatting. You already had a dialogue going. But he needed to run. But uh, how do you not go? Hey, I gotta go. But here, here's my number. I'd like to give you my number so we could chat again. Yep. I mean, everybody has a goddamn cell phone. Hey, yep. why don't you give me your number and I'll shoot you a text uh, with my number and we can chat again. Yeah, you don't even have to sh- ch- exchange numbers anymore. You just need one person's number, and then the rest, you know. I don't want to be rude right now, but I got to run. This pepper spray is really burning my eyes. Maybe <laughs> we could chat more. Um, yeah. Maybe after your period, we'll, we can we can have a conversation. Obviously, this is a bad time. <laughs> Look, how was I to know your daughter was 12 just because I coach her? <laughs> Let's chat more. Yeah, I don't know. That's pathetic. I can't get enough of that misconnection bullshit. The saddest people on earth, people. The saddest people on earth. Also, not doing anything for people's writing skills. I don't see any future Stephen Kings on misconnections so far. There's no Dean Koontz's hiding out there. I, I would love to get one goddamn good description without the code. But those people are actually talking to people. Yeah. There you have it. John, what are your final thoughts today? Um, go on a cruise. It's cheap and fun. In, this, in today's day, with, with all the shit going on, just, just, just get away. Get away for five days and relax. Interesting. Five days. Relax. I guess my final thoughts today would be, uh, one, I'm always right. Y'all should listen to me. I mean, I can read John like a cheap paperback because I can read everybody like cheap paperbacks. Well, it doesn't. It it also helps that I am a cheap paper bag. I mean, come on. You're a cheap paper bag, but I'm reading you like a cheap paperback. Oh, back. Oh, cheap paperback book. Gotcha. Um, and you know. As I say every show, people, ownership, ownership, ownership. Just take fucking responsibility for what you do. Stop acting like it's a surprise. (laughs) Don't be shocked when people call you out on your bullshit, and it's true. Learn from it and move on. Other than that, thanks for tuning in to Two J's in a Pod. We'll talk to you again next episode. It's been 65. And John's already piecing out. <laughs> I was uh, prepping for my cue. I, you, your camera's not on. I can't see you. Oh, he, he tells me at the end of the show. <laughs> uh, I've been doing hand signals. I've been mimicking faces. I've been putting my dick against the camera. Uh, all these misconnections I have to write about. <laughs> Peace out, little homies. We'll talk to you next week. GHF. <laughs>